Hazel Hislop and welcome back to my podcast, Healing Emotions. On this podcast, we're talking about mental health and well-being and how to navigate everyday life challenges while promoting mental health. Hi and welcome back to my podcast. It's Friday the 21st of May. We're slowly easing out of lockdown in London and um, it's exciting but it's also scary in terms of what that might look like. Um, But I am really, I suppose, mostly excited and I'm finding that I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone in terms of taking risk, um, safe risk, um, doing new things, looking forward um and the weather's not really been that great we've had rain for for almost every day so in a way you're restricted in what you can do but um life goes on and i'm just feeling great to be here friday and doing this podcast which i love um i'm imagining that i'm with you whoever is listening and just i'm in your company just having a conversation so thanks for um, all the support and the encouragement. I really appreciate it. I know I keep saying that, but I really do. So thank you. Um, so today it's six impossible things before breakfast. And for those who are Alice in Wonderland fans, um, you will know what I'm talking about. This is part of um, writing. And if you've seen the movie with Helena Bolham Carter and Johnny Depp, it's amazing. I've seen it so many times. Um, this book has a special meaning for me, this story. It was the first book that my mom bought me as a child. And although I remember reading it and didn't actually remember the contents of the story, for some reason it stuck, stuck with me throughout my life. That might be because it was the first book that, that my mom bought and it was a special meaning or maybe there was something unconsciously that held meaning for me. But I kept going back to it over time and um, a few years ago my daughters bought me um, a, a gift which was a sort of pretend journal of Alice in Wonderland where you can actually fill in your own Alice in Wonderland story. But when I looked at the movie, I think as an adult, what stuck out for me was how Alice, um, the theme around her um, being different and losing um, her identity in terms of um, being in a culture that expected her to behave like a lady and act like one and you know to get married and do the, the kind of expected thing of that's the society but she um, challenged all of those norms and um, by going falling down the rabbit hole um, in a way she had to reconnect with who she was and part of that was learning that she um, loved adventure. She was a true leader. She was a very creative person. She loved play, etc. So some of her qualities I identify with um, in terms of being different. And obviously, it's diff- I'm different because of the way I look. I'm a black woman. I'm from the Caribbean, and um, I have a lot of things that's different. Um, and over time I've learned to use my difference and embrace my difference rather than seeing them as a, a negative thing um, or a society might see them as negative but I actually love being different um, but what the six impossible things she did was when she was faced with 
defeating her enemy um, and she was in fear and um, paralysis and thought she was going to die she was um, she had to remember what was told to her about six impossible things that she can do before breakfast and she um, she started naming them and by doing that she started gaining courage and strength and power to defeat her enemy and by defeating her enemy it just um, launched her into doing more impossible things like joining the company that her dad had started sailing um, around the world with her dad's um, colleague and actually putting marriage on hold um, so I'm just wondering what your impossible things are today. What are the thing, impossible things that you've done with your life? Um, so these are some of the six impossible things that Alice talks about, or her six impossible things. Number one, she said there's a potion that can make you shrink. Number two, a cake that can make you grow. Animals, number three, that can talk. Number four, cats can disappear. Number five, there's a place called Wonderland. And number six, I can slay the Jabberwocky. These are all the things, the five things that she kind of discovered on her way that she had learned um, about, you know, things that she never thought she would see or experience. And by looking back at her life and her experience, she realized that if, if, she, can, if she can explore and experience impossible things, it means that anything is possible in life and I like it there's a favorite um, scripture um, that I like and it's it talks about um, all things are possible and I really like that because when I'm in fear or worry I always go back to all things are possible um, with for those who believe and so this kind of really connects to Alice in Wonderland story so it made me thought about today and kind of um, it's now after 11 here and I just thought what are the six impossible things that I did this morning um, before my breakfast and they're probably not that impossible but um, in some ways they, they are I guess when I started them they were impossible but the more I do them they have become possible so one of the things that I um, before breakfast that I usually do is to wake up um, to listen to gospel music, to pray, to meditate, um, sometimes to listen to a scripture, sometimes to do a meditation, um, like on mindfulness, um, or to journal or to do an intention for the day. So that's one of the things that I did that I never thought I'd, I'd do um, in the past. Um, I woke up to make fresh coffee, and that is brewing coffee in the old sort of Italian pots, which um, I never thought I'd own one of those pots. So, so that's an impossible thing. And also I never thought I'd um, kind of have the energy and vitality to wake up and put a cup, pot of coffee on and wait for seven minutes. Yes, I do know exactly how much time it takes because I've timed it. Um, and so that's another impossible thing that I did. Um, I did a bit of Qigong, although I didn't do that much today, but um, it's impossible because some of the postures are quite difficult and um, you have to um, sort of defeat your go mind over matter, really. So you've got to find a way not to think about the discomfort and zoning on um, kind of the positive things and your breathing. And that's always difficult for me to do it if I'm not with the teacher. Um, 
I had a conversation with my daughter, my youngest. She normally doesn't like to talk early in the morning. And um, she was telling me off because I put the stove on before putting my coffee pot on. And normally I might just try and defend myself or get irritated by her. But I just had to like say to her, I'm not listening. I'm singing la, 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 la. I'm not going to engage with the conversation now. So <laughs> that kind of was a bit playful, but also um, it was impossible for me to do because me and her, we tend to get into this um so debates about trivial things so um and i know that's her way sometimes of connecting with me so that was impossible to i suppose to resist reacting to her telling me off about the pot the fire um i wrote i wrote got up at seven thirty. that's no sorry got up at seven o'clock which has been really difficult to do since the um lockdown and i wrote at eight o'clock eight o'clock for an hour so those are some of the impossible things that I did today um, but to put it in wider context um, when I think about my life I sort of have thought about bigger things like um, leaving Tobago in my 20s early 20s to travel to the UK to travel to a country that I've never been before and to um, yeah it's completely new culture etc um, that was an impossible thing becoming um, so being the first person in my family and extended family for generations to leave Tobago to go to a, um, a different country that was an impossible thing um, leaving to um, I guess um, yeah becoming a professional studying doing academic work that was another impossible thing. I had break norms in my family. This is something that's not been done for generations. Um, just so completing my degree or degrees, those were impossible things. It's kind of impossible because it's something that I don't think my family or generation had dreamt of. Um, I mean, don't forget that I've come from the generation of um, kind of the ancestors of from slavery. So it's not something that was possible was even dreamt of in terms of um kind of being taken from africa into um the caribbean I, I don't think my ancestors even thought of that possibility i guess they were just focused on surviving so it's just really kind of been making me think even more about how um we can break norms and expectations of us by doing the impossible and just in the lockdown, I've managed to, to launch this podcast, um, start a YouTube channel with um, one of my colleagues, on, launch an online training, um, develop my coaching and, and therapy practice online, um, and other stuff. Um, start a Qigong class. Um, I didn't even, um, I had done Qigong many, many years ago, and I didn't even know there was a Qigong class in um, my local area. And I've that so I guess I'm sort of going through that because um, I, I've just really been struck by over the last year the themes around um, you know working in alignment with our value and thinking about how our limiting beliefs and how obstacles like crisis or trauma can get in the way of us being our true self and um, 
I'm writing a lot of that now because I started this book many years ago and I really found it difficult to complete this book but I'm trying to challenge myself to finish it by the summer and um, and one of the themes that's come up a lot has been that I've been writing about is around work you know being your true self bringing your true self into your work into your life so in my work that's been, you know, there's, there's a saying that says, you know, be careful what you ask for because then, you know, God or the universe answers you. And so in my work, amazingly, the clients that show up are the clients that's actually helping me to write my book in different ways by the themes that they're bringing into the session. So I am on the chapter about obstacles and the chapter on obstacles is really about what gets in the way of us achieving our goal or moving forward when we're feeling stuck or lost and one of the a few things or obstacles that can get in our way for in terms of preventing us from moving forward for example our emotions can get in the way if you're feeling sad or angry or depressed if you're dealing with a trauma all those things can get in the way of us actually you know functioning and really um, being present with who we are our thoughts can also get in the way if you're thinking negatively if you've got self-doubt if you've got lack of confidence that can get in the way or if you're going through sort of things like a relationship change or you've got a disability or a learning disability like dyslexia or dyspraxia or it might even be being shy or in, in some work context, you know, um, if you're the dominant culture in terms of the dominant culture in this country, really, in the West is sort of based on, I think, a very um, masculine um, kind of, and in many ways is sort of set up for that. So there's kind of discrimination if, in terms of race, culture, and if you're a woman. So all those things can block you from progress um, and our, or mindset etc but what her one of the themes that was showing up in the last few days is anger um, where kinds of come and presented with feelings of anger and irritability so I um I was thinking about that because the theme of anger and irritability came up more with two of my clients who have both immigrated from different countries one from America and one from Eastern Europe and um, came with their husbands and um, had to adjust to the new culture but felt isolated felt um, unsupported by their spouse because the spouse in both situations the, the spouse had to go to work so they were left with young families young children trying to survive in a new culture with no family or no support around them and kind of felt resentful and angry because of the lack of support but because of that isolation and the main anger was the fact that their spouse didn't understand kind of why they were they were feeling that angry the spouse when they, they complained the spouse kind of thought that they were kind of saying that that they saw it as them being a failure um but interesting that the two cases one of the the the, the, the one woman she was in her early 40s and um, kind of was able to have those is constantly having those conversations with her, her husband and he seems to be on board with that um, and one of the things she said is that actually I just really wanted to feel heard 
the other person this is she's been here for so over 20 something almost 30 years and she still harbors that resentment from 20 something years ago of feeling that isolation and feels unsafe and insecure so i was struck by the two different the parallels of these two women's story one was only here in the last so it's only, sorry his own has been here for the last 10 years and the other for almost 30 years but yet there was a theme of feeling unheard resentful etc now it's not that clay cut when you're doing therapy um for example some of the the feelings of irritation and anger might be linked to so things from the past so for one of my clients she experienced or witnessed domestic violence was kind of told to keep secrets so her voice was never allowed to be expressed so there's something about when she feels like she's not being listened to she straight away goes she's triggered by that and then straight away goes into irritability or anger so there's lots more in the session that i have had to explore but i wanted to use that as, as an example to show how just that emotion alone can stop us from moving on and being feeling fulfilled and living our life and with one of the clients she how it affected her was that she was um she couldn't see a way forward she um was stuck on the story of kind of not being listened to or heard by her husband and lived in constant fear and even paranoia that he was going to leave her even after almost 30 years because of her experience from the past again it's more complicated than that but so but those are some of the things and she couldn't see even when he, he had apologized and he had asked for forgiveness she couldn't let go of that feeling of feeling you know so angry at the time um and i was just struck by that that she wasn't able to hear his apology or even consider the other positive things that had happened in her life the things that she had done that was impossible um she was a bright woman she's a bright woman she's an intelligent woman she had re basically restarted again started a new career had a family you know had done a lot of important possible things like traveling around the world but she couldn't see that she can only see can only connect to the the bits that made her angry and i was kind of like thinking about the parallels with these two story and my own story of moving to the UK and and similarly having a young family and being isolated and with a young baby not having any family around not kind of knowing the rules and the, the norms around what one should do and um kind of yeah and just sensing and just having that sense of um overwhelm so some of their story connected to mine in in terms of um anger and isolation because there were times when i felt angry and isolated and irritable of of not being supported so i was looking through my um book and one of oh sorry the, the book that i'm writing and one of the things that i journaled of uh, what seven years ago was um it's called it makes me smile i'm just going to read a little bit of it so I said um, what I've written is that I left the office today to go for a walk in the sunshine having sat at my desk and listened to the multiple multi conversations of colleagues talking to their clients on the phone talking to each other above the sound of another colleagues radio 
Um, so we had moved to this new office and it was an open plan and we, none of us were used to that. So we were trying to find a way to adapt to this change. And one person decided to bring her radio in to drown out the noise. So we had to listen to her radio while other clients were trying to talk, while other colleagues were trying to talk to their clients um, above this noise. And I was just so angry because I just can't function with noise. Um, so I found that, so I said, I found that I'm coming into work most days angry and feeling hateful for being stuck in this office and talking or listening to the constant negative conversations about the future. It's amazing that we're meant to be special, a specialist service that helps children and families manage their emotional and psychological difficulties, yet we have become pessimistic and cynical. Colleagues have become worn out, insecure and stressed. We're meant to keep smiling and provide a successful service while the war on bidding for our service is being, play, is being played out by external powers. No one is speaking to us about our views and needs. A simple acknowledgement that we, we contribute to society, to the local community, communities, is, is being devalued. It's all about cost cutting. So at the time when we moved office or we were forced to move office, there was another service that was bidding for our um, for the local NHS service in Cairns, and we were trying to, you know, present our views as a as a team, but also for our clients who um, had a lot of needs and were kind of forced to travel a long way, play in long, look along far locations to get to to the service. Some of them didn't drive; they didn't have access to car and the bus service was terrible um, some of them there was issues around poverty but yet we felt like it was a bidding war in terms of who can provide a service um, so my automatic response as I wrote was is to keep my head down and hope and pray that if I work hard enough to look really busy no one will talk to me um, so failing that I put my earphones on except what the desk that I was working from the computer, my earphones were too short to connect to the computer. And I said, today of all days, I really wanted to listen to some inspirational talk on Hay House Radio. So I creeped underneath my desk and managed to pull my desk out to reach the earphone connection. I know I look really silly in the middle of an office creeping below my desk, but I'm desperate for peace, for some form of silence inspiration to keep me going to keep me from screaming get me out of here but guess what i can't log into my hair house account since when did we have to log into hair house to listen to replace when did this happen has it been long that long since i tuned in there was a time when i listened every day i found that listening to this online radio was my savior and um but that seemed to have kind of seemed to have lost that connection so what did i do plan b i decided to go for a walk and get some lunch but just before i did i noticed that the sun was out a very rare thing in england these days and it was the middle of may <laughs> it's kind of like it's quite spooky because i wrote this in 20 i think 2014 or 2015 and today is we're in may and it's also raining I decided to sit outside on one of the public benches for just a few minutes to savor this little bit of sunshine that came. 
these days I have to take 15 minutes of sunshine as prescribed by my GP because of my vitamin levels they're quite low um, the problem is there's no way in London to get 15 minutes of sun every day anyway I sat down and was just about to soak up my vitamin D when this man appeared and asked me if he minded if I minded him sitting and sharing my bench so I'm thinking to myself Hazel don't worry he won't speak to you just keep staring at your phone and he would see that you're really occupied with your phone I guess you can guess what happened no he did not ignore me he spoke to me he told me that the sunshine made him smile in his limited English he made sounds with his hands and put his hands to his mouth to help me smile out to help me see his smile he then told me he lived in a flat and that his English flatmate doesn't talk too much he said that he planted vegetables not outdoors but in the pots in his flat flat he said that his vegetables made him smile and that when the flowers started to bloom they made him smile too he said he needed to come outside because he needed communication communication made him smile in between telling me his story he apologized to me a few times for speaking to me and interrupting me in that moment I realized I had choices to get up and walk away to ignore him or to chat to him so I chose to chat to him and to forget about my need for silence all it took was five minutes to allow him to tell his story this is making me feel emotional as I'm reading this now I found out in those five minutes that he was Polish his name was I'm not gonna call his name who came to the UK 16 years ago and recently moved from London to Harlow he lived in a flat with an English man who didn't speak too much his parents still lived in Poland and in their 80s and his mother planted organic food but most importantly he loved smiling I just said thank you God because I too managed to make Foy smile and um, I just said Foy but that's not his real name and in the process he also made me smile and showed me the humor of God and that's kind of an impossible thing that happened because I chose to step out of that comfort zone and that feeling of anger and blame and resentment to move into a space where I just needed to get away and even if I did that reluctantly there was so much blessings that came from meeting this person um, Foy as I call him and he made me realize how selfish I was in terms of thinking of my own needs um, so I know sometimes it's really hard to come out of, to move away from that feeling of you know impossibilities as are things gonna change is life gonna change is my situation going to change and you may be in that situation right now where it's if it's impossible there's no way forward so can I challenge you maybe to just think about six impossible things that you either did today yesterday in the week a month ago or a year ago or five years ago when you look back to your life to the past what are some of the impossible things that you've done in your life or that you've experienced that you thought that you never thought or dreamed or imagined that might be possible why don't you if you can just go there 
and think about how that made you feel. How did you feel at the time? Looking back, how did, what did you learn from those impossible things? What did you learn about yourself? And if possible, can you use that learning to propel you forward? Can you use that learning about yourself to remind you of who you are and to reconnect you to your strength and your power to take the first step forward and to take the first step back on the ladder back to your, your life? I'd love to hear your experience and what that was like for you. And maybe a few tips as you're doing that. Don't devalue your work. Don't devalue who you are. Don't put your others above you and discount what you do. Don't make anyone more relevant than you. Don't lose your balance, although that's impossible time. Stand firm and stand your ground. Stay focused once you've, this, once you've reconnected back to kind of where you want to go. Don't abandon yourself for others. I probably have just said that. And don't adapt to fit into someone else's dream. Maybe you need to take time to reconnect to your dreams and to reconnect to where you want to go. And try and find your tribe or join groups that align with your values. And don't say yes to everything. So, please, if you can find those six impossible things that you did before and maybe choose one impossible thing that you can do today. Thank you once again. So thank you once again for listening to this podcast. I hope that you found it useful and if so, Please don't forget to like, share or follow me on this platform or why not follow me on Instagram at hislopeh or check out my website www.hazelhislop.com. Thank you until next time.